0: Welcome to Shedding Light Hunting Stories Podcast, the podcast dedicated to the average Joe and their hunting stories. I'm your host, Travis Williams. You're listening to episode 40. Hey guys, welcome to episode 40. Uh, Kind of exciting uh, to hit a milestone like that. Done 40 episodes. That's a lot of different interviews and different guests. And I've enjoyed each and every single one of those. And I mean that sincerely. And I really appreciate you listening. Uh, I know I say that every episode, but I want you to know that I do... Uh, it's not it's not about becoming famous or, or getting thousands and thousands of downloads um, I really appreciate each and every one of you listening to this and I'll just be upfront and tell you right now we have about 200 people listening and I'm just tickled that 200 of you would take a minute a couple minutes out of your day and listen to some hunting stories and that's that's awesome so uh, of course you know if the audience grows that's cool too so if you want to share or pass it along or just a lot of times just word of mouth telling your friends but hey there's this goober in Ohio that likes just to hear your hunting stories, and uh, there's some good ones on here, so try and keep it, uh, you know, a different variety, and I'm always open to your suggestions, and going back to kind of, if you go back to that first episode, I just want this to be not just my podcast, but yours as well. So if you have any suggestions or if you have a story that you'd like to share or anything like that, I'd even love to take like just short stories. So next week um, I'm going to be sharing, the whole episode is just going to be some short success stories from this year already. Uh, Most of those are from my buddies that I already know that's been out. So, But if you have any uh, stories like that, just let me know. Send me an email at sheddinglightod at gmail.com. Um, also, we are very active on Facebook and Instagram. We do, uh, me and my buddy Trav, uh, we're the ones primarily that are doing like the story thing. So whenever we go out hunting, we typically will share a story and kind of tell you what's happened. Um, if you're following our story, you'll know uh, I had an encounter with two big uh, bucks, possibly shooter bucks. Couldn't get good eye on them. Um, there a couple nights ago and uh, that was awesome first uh, first time to see big bucks like that out in the field it's this property if I hunt the field edge they usually stay and they they stage up in this ravine uh, down below the field edge and they don't come out till dark if I hunt the ravine they pop out in the field edge and it just always happens that way and it didn't it didn't fail that was the case on Monday night but anyway I just want to say thanks again for listening um, we do have a YouTube channel if you follow us on Facebook we're, we're uploading there as well now that Facebook Facebook has its own little video thing, and uh, we do actually have a website. I never talk about it. It's just sheddinglightod.com or sheddinglightoutdoors.com. It has maybe some information about us on there that you haven't seen, and links to everything. So that's the ways that you can contact us and and stay connected. So uh, today I have my first. I think it's my first repeat uh, guest. Come on and. Uh, This guest, his name is Lauren Norris, and I get a little confused sometimes whenever you read stories. Last time, whenever I reached out to uh, Lauren, I thought that he had gone elk hunting with his wife, and I was going to try and get this story about a couple elk hunting together. Come to find out, that wasn't... I misunderstood the whole thing, and so I still wanted to get Lauren and his wife on, and especially if you listen to that episode where Lauren is talking about uh, elk hunting and um, (laughs) uh, his head up inside of an elk, Uh, you'll just have to look that one up if you haven't looked at it yet, but or listened, uh I knew I wanted to have this guy back on. I, I never laughed so hard and the interview that we recorded um with Lauren and now his wife Rachel, uh, you are gonna love this. I laughed just about as hard, uh some really cool stories. And we talk about his wife getting into hunting. She was a city girl. Uh, not really interested in hunting and uh, so to speak. And then uh, she meets Lauren and realizes that's a big part of his life. So she's going to get involved. And so uh, her success early on has been pretty uh, incredible. And so I'll let them tell those stories. So also, uh, I know this time of year as we're getting into uh, Thanksgiving, Christmas, those kind of things, uh, life gets busy, and a lot of times we pack on a lot of extra weight. I've gained five pounds since uh, I started, since I came back from Colorado. I'm still in a good range, but I still am just like red flags going up. So my buddy Eric and I, we've decided to restart our challenge. If you followed along, we've, we've talked about staying physically fit and just doing like little things and, and just kind of keeping it random so I'm not a big on like you know set routine this is what I'm going to do monday wednesday friday i like kind of mixing it up throughout the the weeks and so we're doing that. Uh, Bobby Andrews is doing that. Buddy Trav, I think, is still going to do that some too. And I just want to let you know, if you are interested in uh, joining us, what we do is on Sunday we send out the, the challenge. This week, just so to kind of give you an idea of what we're doing, uh, on Monday uh, or Tuesday you get the option, pick the day, uh, do a weighted backpack hike, and it doesn't matter how long, it's up to you, your your thing, uh, your choice. And then uh, we do uh, 50 push-ups and 50 sit-ups. Wednesday, Thursday uh, we had cardio your choice. And then I think we had a dumbbell workout uh, today or tomorrow. Uh, I'm recording this on Wednesday. And then uh, Friday, Saturday, uh, 30 minutes of yoga. Um, And it could be physical yoga, stretching yoga, whatever. So, and I came up with that. I'm not a fitness trainer, neither is Eric. We're just two average Joes that know that we want to do something. We don't have time to go to a gym every single day. That's just not, um, not in our uh, life uh, style right now. We have like barbells at home and that's about it so all of our stuff you could probably do at home with just a couple uh, dumbbells or you know if you have a backpack going on hikes so if you're interested in joining us i will be happy to add you to uh, a group text we'll try not to go crazy with like a ton of stuff but, you know, a ton of, you know, those can get annoying. Um, but if you send me an email at sheddinglightod at gmail.com, just tell me your name and your uh, phone number, and I'll add you to a group thread and get you involved in this. And um, just be kind of fun to have more people involved. And um, so just want to give you the invite to that if you are interested. All right, all that said, uh, we're going to go ahead and get our guest uh, interview here started. And uh, you're really going to enjoy this one. Here is Lauren and Rachel Norris. Guys, I had the honor a couple of months ago of sitting down and hearing an, uh, just an epic elk story from a guy named Lauren Norris, and I originally reached out to Lauren to talk to him a little bit about hunting with his wife, but we kind of got into elk hunting, and I, w- I just misunderstood that he hadn't hunted with his wife, so I wanted to have him back on and have his wife on and hear some of their stories, so I want to welcome Lauren and Rachel Norris. Oh,
1: wow, thank you. Hi, thanks for having us on.
0: Yeah, absolutely. So how's life down in Georgia? hot.
1: (laughs) We're very much expecting and looking forward to the fall weather and it hasn't quite come yet. So we're still sweating outside, you know.
0: Yeah. Today uh in Ohio it's supposed to be somewhere around ninety-three degrees and there's a cold front tomorrow. It's gonna be in the sixties. So I'm I'm definitely hunting tomorrow. I thought about hunting tonight, but I'm just not sure if I want to put myself through that.
2: yeah today was supposed to be a record high here of 97 so we're not hunting today either yeah
0: yeah it's just too hot to i mean deer just don't move as much so it's it's a challenge so um it's just been unseasonably warm here so i I think it's probably the same down there it seems like
2: oh yeah yeah we uh we went a couple of weeks ago uh, down to our um hunting land in sparta georgia and uh it was so hot down there we maybe Maybe saw, I don't know, two or three deer driving down, but when we got there, we didn't see anything. Nothing was moving, didn't see any sign, had three pictures on my trail camera, and that was it. Yeah.
0: Yeah, I just got my trail cameras out. I've, I've been, you know, focused on elk and got those out, and I pulled the great uh, trick where you, uh, there's a setup mode, and then after you get done with setup mode, you're supposed to put it into the on mode. Um, and I, and I didn't do that. And it's just so disappointing. Like nothing hurts more than looking at your trail camera, realizing that it didn't take any pictures and the, the corn that you put out is all gone. That, that, uh-huh. that hurts.
2: And we've all been there. All been there.
0: <laughs> so Lauren, Rachel, tell us a little bit in case anybody didn't listen to that e- last episode, give us a little introduction as uh, to who you guys are and maybe how you guys even um, met. And um, then we'll get into like how you started hunting together a little bit later on.
2: Yeah, well, uh, lived here in Georgia all my life, and uh, I've hunted all my life. my My grandpa he uh, he actually got me into hunting, and you know, pretty much uh, got me started. But uh, me and Rachel, we uh, we met what five years ago,
1: something like that. Yeah, sounds
2: about right. Yeah, five years ago, and she was from the city, and <laughs> I was from the country, and we just really didn't know if it was gonna gonna work or not you know but uh we hit it off really good and wound up uh, a couple of years later we got married and
1: he convinced me to move to the country and <laughs> yeah
2: how, how did he how did he do that
1: <laughs> well you know he had me visit obviously him he'd come visit me and I'd, I'd come up and visit him and i just fell in love with the community up here where he's at now where i'm at and just the lifestyle It's so different. It's so different. Much uh, slower and relaxed, and it's just such a better community feel. And I just fell in love with it. And he was close to perfect. You know, I don't know if anybody's perfect, but he was about as close as you get. So it was like, I can't, I can't not move up here. I can't not miss out on this. So here
2: I am.
0: Close to perfect, man, Lauren. That's got to feel good, right?
2: <laughs> I, I paid her the money. <laughs> <laughs>
0: All right. So city girl moves to the country. Um, so Rachel, uh, give us a little bit of your background. Where did, um, so you grew up in the city. What do you do? Um, and, and give us a little bit of just where you come from.
1: Sure. I've actually lived in Georgia my whole life too. And it's an on running joke that he calls me the city girl. I, uh, I grew up in a very rural part of Georgia, actually. It was a little further South than where we're at now, but it, blew up over the course of me growing up, and it's just a huge, huge uh, expansion from where it started. It was just chicken farms when I was really small, but as I got older, I I moved even further south towards Atlanta and uh, worked in corporate world for about six or seven years and advanced um, in that arena, and then after I had met Lauren, I had decided you know, I wanted to change things up, especially with the commute that I was then having. So I got into real estate. I'm now a, um, an independent agent with Cry Like Realtors. And uh, I do that as well as help with our restoration company that we started a few years ago. Um, I think he talked a little bit about that last time, but we, we get to work together, ride around together a lot of times and hunt on the side and make pit stops to put out corn when we're in between appointments and stuff. So that's kind of where I'm
0: at now. Wow. What a transition. So, so you guys get together and, um, you know, you move to the country, uh, now had Rachel, had you grown up hunting at all in that community or was hunting just something just kind of foreign to you?
1: No, it was foreign to me. I had friends, I guess, um, just in school and whatnot that did it, um, mainly just my guy friends, but I never had anybody I had the opportunity to do that with. Um, Didn't really ever even think about it. It just was very far removed from my life. I grew up with my mom, a single mom of four, and that was definitely not something she did. So I never really experienced it. And (laughs) when I met Lauren, it was a huge part of his life. So I knew early on, I had just told myself, you know, I'm either going to have to try this and like it and do this with him or be okay with not being around him very much because... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> He's going to be in the woods a lot. <laughs> yeah. So I, I just figured I would try it and see what I thought about it. Really didn't expect to love it as much as I do. I love the outdoors, but I had never done it. So I was, I think I surprised everyone when I turned into loving it and doing it even without him at times and stuff. So it's been <laughs> quite a transition from city girl and my corporate dress clothes to tracking around the woods in my boots.
0: Yeah. Now, Lauren, from your perspective, is this something that were you kind of worried about this whenever you guys started dating? And, you know, <laughs> were you worried that she might not want to do that? You know, uh, how, how did you work that all out? Because there's there's guys listening and girls listening right now that obviously this is an area of struggle in a marriage. So <laughs> we're not doing a counseling session here, but I just think maybe it might be good for people to hear how did you know you guys hunt together. So how did that happen?
2: Yeah, I w- I was a little bit worried. Uh, you know, she would come up and see me, and I would go down to see her. But when she would come, <laughs> of course, she was uh, she was used to to the uh, concrete sidewalks and the paved roads and parking lots and things like that. So she actually had to buy a new pair of shoes, uh, actually boots, <laughs> so she could come visit me <laughs>
1: to keep them in my to change my shoes because he has dirt and gravel driveway and my shoes would get messed up
2: when i'd get out my car.
0: so you so know she's... things are getting serious when a girl buys a pair of boots so she can <laughs> shouldn't hang out with you right that's that's is that a sign
2: yeah and i asked her one day i said you know how many times do you actually walk on dirt or grass and she said uh well i can i said no but how many times did you actually do that for a day Never. It, everything she walked on was, you know, pavement or concrete, so she had to buy some <laughs> shoes to come visit me. <laughs>
0: <laughs> oh, that's a good start. Okay, so how does things progress from there?
2: Well, from there, you know, I just told her some of my stories, and she was really interested in it, and then uh, the the way I really got her into it is, I, you know, I love to bow hunt. That's my thing. I, I'm a bow hunter, so... I bought her a bow and had her start doing target practice with me, uh, just in the yard. And she was a natural. I mean, she was just perfect. I I was so shocked at how good she could uh, shoot the bow. And I had bought her that bow for what was it for your birthday? No, no it was it early was, on. It was just for no reason. I just yeah, bought it for he
1: found a really good uh, used one and figured, you know, well instead of buying me a brand new one and spending a ton of money just see if i liked it so he got it for me two summers ago um just randomly and then that opening season in september is when i used it for the first time but i got to practice for a couple of months ahead of time
0: okay So you start off with archery and I think it's probably a wise place to start. Sometimes, um, I actually have a a buddy who's brand new to hunting, just took the hunter safety course and I want to get him out into the woods, you know, and sometimes, but sometimes just starting with shooting and those kind of things might be your best place to start. So that's, that's wise on Lauren's part. So how did you go from shooting in the backyard to you deciding like, how long did it take before you decide, okay, now I'm actually going to go hunting?
1: Oh, we were there opening day. <laughs> uh, okay. I couldn't I couldn't wait by the time uh, I had just uh, I'd picked it up and loved just the the part of it of shooting and you know target practice, and whatnot, and just practicing there. and I got excited when I was able to, you know up my pounds um, to be able to pull back and just couldn't wait to see what I would see in the woods. and yeah. even if I didn't to take a shot at anything seeing what the difference was between, okay, I'm shooting at a target versus can I be calm enough and uh, structured enough to not scare off something. If I actually do see something in the woods and, you know, be able to draw on something, even if I don't shoot. So I was really looking forward to it. We were there opening day. And then the next weekend was actually (laughs) my birthday. Um, I'll let you tell that. You you tell that better than I do.
2: Well, you know, in, in the yard shooting at the target, uh, the girl was stacking them at, at 20 yards right at the start, just to start with. And that was that was good. But, you know, it's 20 yards. You know, that's not not too great of a feat. But, yeah, she was doing really good. So uh, we upped the poundage finally. I moved her out to 30 yards. She was hitting the bullseye at 30 yards on most instances in then i said, like, okay we're gonna move the poundage up we'll move you to 40 yards that girl was stacking them at 40 yards i just couldn't believe it. <laughs> I'm like, you're, you're ready i didn't expect her to be ready after shooting one summer to be ready to bow hunt that season but she was ready and i'm like well let's do this yeah. so we went down to our lease property in sparta georgia and we hunted that opening weekend and we didn't see anything it was um We had hurricanes that were that were on the coast and the winds were crazy it It was when irma came through yeah it was when irma came through so we uh we hunted and didn't see anything so i totally expected first time out in the woods first time hunting she didn't see anything she's not gonna like it that was my worry uh well the next weekend was her birthday So I had planned a big weekend for us to go out and, you know, we was going to have just a a birthday weekend for her. And I think it was Thursday night. uh, She pulled me to the side and she said, well, you know, I know you've got a lot of things planned this weekend. We hadn't really talked about it, but, uh, you know, I want to ask you something. I'm like, okay, you know, what is it? She says, instead of going out for the birthday weekend, could we go hunting? (laughs) Oh, my goodness. I have found the one.
0: (laughs) If you hadn't started shopping for a ring yet, I think that that was probably the prompter, right?
2: Oh, yeah. I was like, yep, this is it. Yep. So um, I, I of course, told her, sure. Yeah, that's what we'll do. Well, she had only hunted the weekend before. Never seen a deer in the woods. So we went in, got up in her stand that morning, didn't see anything. Uh, We changed it up, went to other stand size, nothing was moving. But when we would walk through early mornings, we kept jumping deer in this one area. And it was where they had come in and did the logging and and, uh, cutting the trees. And it was a landing where they had set up their trucks and stuff. Well, we had a stand set up there, but it was for gun hunting because it was long distance. And when we would walk through there for no reason, there wasn't any food there. I don't know why the deer were hanging out there, but they were. And we kept jumping the deer early morning or late in the evening, and and we would hear them run off. So I was getting discouraged because it's my job to put her on a deer, you know, and I'm trying everything, and I couldn't. And she said, why don't we just sit there? And I told her, I said, that's a gun stand. It's not a bow stand. It was a 12-foot ladder stand sitting in the open. And, and I told her, I said, that's not a bow hunting stand. We... you know it's it's not where we need to hunt she said well that's where the deer are (laughs) and i I sat there and i how do you argue with that you know you're right and she said i don't care if i get a shot at one let's just sit there so i can see one i said fine that's that's the deal that's that sounds good so we got up that that evening got in the stand And we were sitting there. Like I said, it's a a double person ladder stand, twelve foot off the ground, no in coverage. the wide open, no cover. <laughs> and she. There's guys. Was, there's
0: guys cringing right now listening to this because those are like the stands. They're like, oh no, no, no. But keep going.
2: <laughs>
1: and yeah, he hated it. And I was like, I really don't care if I don't get a shot. I just want to see something. This is so cool to be out here. It's fine. And this, like I said, this is where the deer are. And he's like, okay. And he hated it but he did it
2: <laughs> we're sitting there, and she kind of elbowed me in in the side and she said i see a deer and i turned and looked and really there it was it was probably 100 yards off and i said oh cool all right you get to see it and we're sitting there looking at it and the deer turned and it was a big doe the deer turned and started coming straight towards us and i was like don't move don't see us but you know let's see how close it'll get that deer walked all the way across straight to us 22 yards in front of us we're still both sitting down because we're i was shocked that the deer didn't see us and I, i was just telling her stay still don't move there was one little bush out in the middle of this opening that was in front of us at 22 yards the deer walks over to that but bush and sticks her head inside the bush. It starts feeding on it. And I was, I looked at her and I said, stand up. So she stood up. The deer never saw her, never moved. And I said, okay, see if you can draw back. She drew back. The deer never saw her. And me, I'm just my mouth was wide open i was shocked i cannot believe this is happening and i said okay that's 22 yards she shot killed the deer the deer perfect shot ran uh, probably 30 40 yards and fell dead and i was just in amazement. i was like oh my it took me years to kill my deer with a bow (laughs) years (laughs) years <laughs> so many shots missed so so many mistakes this was this girl did it perfect first Man. deer he had ever seen in the woods with a bow killed it
0: it's not not <laughs> only that she gets a deer to come into range and stick its head in a bush so she could stand up and draw <laughs> <laughs>
2: wide open, it was meant to it was meant to be i mean the good lord sent that deer there and it all happened and crazy it was
1: actually on my birthday so it was the best birthday present obviously that was amazing and just his face i wish i had a, a recording of it because he said his mouth was open it was it didn't close until i think i had pulled the deer out of the woods because he was actually i can't believe that just happened i can't believe he <laughs> got a shot i can't believe you did you know how long it took me to get a deer crazy
0: and you're like, oh no, I'm just a natural, you, you know, so. no, no, no.
1: I, I, knew I got lucky and I tell everybody, you know, if I ever, if I ever have any success in hunting, it's because of him, because he's such an amazing teacher. And even before we were out there, you know, he had talked me through um, just mentally being prepared and making sure to keep calm and, you know, your movements and how to aim, what to look for the positioning of, Um, the arrow, you know, coming out of the deer, not where it just goes in and all kinds of stuff I had mentally been prepared for. So it's, (laughs) he had to learn all that on his own and I just got fed all of it. So it made it a lot easier.
0: Yeah. Well, that's, that is an incredible story. (laughs) And uh, I mean, just your first deer. So uh, it's been, how many years since then? It's been a little while. So you've had some other successes since then?
2: Uh, That was uh, two years ago, but yes. She's killed, I don't know how many deer now. I mean, like I said, she's just a natural. I, she's killed three or four deer with her bow.
1: Uh,
2: three. Three de- She's killed three deer with her bow, and she's killed two really good bucks with a rifle.
0: Okay, well, let's uh, maybe let's jump into the rifle. You know, it's a little bit different, and we got a lot of people that listen to the show that probably prefer you know rifle over bow, and there's nothing wrong with that. So maybe uh, could could we hear one of the rifle buck stories? That'd be exciting.
2: Oh, it's almost (laughs) the exact same story. I shot a gun before. You know, I buy her a rifle. Um, We take it out. She shoots three or four times because I bought it for gun season because i didn't expect her to love hunting as much as she did well then she killed her first deer she fell in love with it and probably loves it more than i do (laughs) so i i went and bought her a rifle
1: and i had i had shot um handguns but i had never shot a rifle so that was brand new to me
2: so we bought her the rifle she shot three or four times and she was hitting bullseye every time and again i'm shocked but I told her, I said, you're ready. Opening weekend of gun season, we go back down to to Sparta, same year, sit in our stand. That evening, she kills a big eight-point buck. (laughs) And I was like, I want to tell you. Deer hunting is not this easy. <laughs> I don't want you to expect that it is. Um, you you don't do this. I don't know how you've done it, but it took me years to kill my, my first good rack buck, you know. And here she is just wiping everything clean the first year out. It was crazy.
1: He almost fell out of the sand. Yes. He was shaking so hard. We had two, um, two lock-on stands. And back to back on this one tree. It's our, our favorite spot. And he was on his and I literally thought he was gonna fall off the stand because he was shaking so hard after I shot that deer. <laughs> <laughs> I can't believe what just happened. Oh my gosh. Again, same same scenario, but just he had to wait a few minutes. Um, even after we thought it was good, we had let it fall. I saw where it fell and uh we, you know, waited a few minutes, and then even after that, he was like, "I gotta have a second before I try to climb down this ladder because I don't want to fall out of this tree."
0: Well, it's good that I mean, it sounds like he gets just as excited, if not more excited, than what you do, and so I mean, that's what you want. I think that's what's about that experience. Now, that that buck there, how far was he when you shot, Rachel? Oh,
1: I want to say that one was about thirty yards. Yeah, thirty or forty
2: yards. It walked right up to her and stood broadside. And you know, it was.
1: It was interesting he, he didn't too. put his
0: head in a bush?
1: <laughs> he did not put his head in the bush. <laughs> <laughs> but it, he actually, I guess it was the polar opposite. He was walking around the perimeter of this, um, this wooded side that really Lauren could see from his point of view. And he's the one who told me, okay, we got a deer. We hadn't seen anything that whole evening. Um, and then that was the first one that came up. He saw it first. I'm obviously not going to spin around and try to see it. So I had to wait a minute before I could even see it. He told me where to look and, you know, where it was coming from. And then it stuck its head in the one big circular opening of the bushes. (laughs) (laughs) And I was able to shoot it when it got into that open. So it was, it was pretty awesome.
0: I thought, and is it, is this your first buck then?
1: Yes, that was my first buck. Um, My first deer was with the bow and it was a, a really big doe. And then that season, um, that was the first buck actually I had seen <laughs> and it was an eight point uh, and I got it with my, my new rifle.
2: So it was, it was a very good year.
0: Yeah. That's a great start. <laughs>
2: <laughs> but I I had to keep telling her this is not the way it works. This is not the way it happens. You know, you, you don't just walk out the first year you've ever hunted and kill your first bow kill and your first buck. They just don't happen. But, uh, I'm still yet to convince her that it's not easy because it seems to be easy for her.
0: Yeah. Well, that's, I mean, that's good. I mean, as long as some people just kind of have that luck and they have that, you know, you partly luck, but it's, it's paired with, uh, just knowledge of an area. You guys have a good spot there, obviously. So, you know, I mean, let it go. I hope it, I hope it continues.
1: <laughs> I will say too, you know, I, like, I, I totally give him credit. Cause again, he's an amazing teacher, but one thing that I'm, um, very passionate about too is everything leading up to the kill so I'm very involved in scouting and you know trimming and putting out feed and setting up cameras and um, moving the stands and all of that I'm I want to be involved in all of it I don't want to just be put in a stand and shoot so that helps also because I get a really good Mm. feel of what's actually going on I get to see it
0: yeah so it's, it's you have more invested in it so you're part of the process which is really cool
2: yeah. That's one thing I, I've told her, you know, you don't want to be a shooter. You want to be a hunter. You want to mm. get out here and learn it all. And she does, she climbs and helps me set lock homes and, and gets out there and trims shooting lanes. And she does all the leg work with me. Yeah.
0: Oh, that's great. And, and we'll talk about that here in a minute. Um, you know, a little bit more about just, I, maybe you guys have some advice. Um, uh, right, actually we dive into that right now. Is there any, since you guys have been hunting together, um, what advice would you give to couples that hunt together, or maybe want to start hunting together? Is there anything that you kind of learned to do, maybe not to do?
2: Um, I'm put you, have you, you, put have you on the spot here. because you guys spend <laughs> yeah. a lot of time together. <laughs> um, not just getting out and being in the woods and and learning it and you know teaching it. Like like I said, you know, during the the first hunt, you know, when we she killed her her deer with a bow here i am doing my thing and trying to get her on deer and then sometimes it takes somebody to just tell you the obvious the deer are right here why are we not hunting here Mm -hmm. and you know you you kind of learn from each other i was thinking too much into it when the obvious was uh, you know it was right here right here's where the deer are that's where we need to hunt so i don't know any pointers really just get out there and I, get in the woods. I think too,
1: um, just my biggest thing is making sure it's enjoyable and I'll be the very first one to tell him, mm-hmm. you know what, if it's stressful and it's going to cause stress in our relationship because we're trying to fit in a hunt in between, you know, work or meetings or whatever, then let's, let's reevaluate here because it should always be enjoyable. It shouldn't be stressful. Um, it's stressful enough when you're, you know, waiting on the deer to walk up and all of your... And, adrenaline's rushing and everything. I want it to be fun. And Mm. if we have to switch anything or change anything to make it fun and for us to enjoy that time, every bit of it, then that's what we need to do. So I think that's the biggest thing. And like he said, making sure you really enjoy your partner because you are with them a lot and, uh, and conditions that aren't as comfortable as your house.
2: (laughs) That's true
1: think you know once you just decide it's it's fun it's not so serious if we don't see anything it's okay if we do and we miss it it's okay it's just about the whole experience
0: Mm. that's good real good advice I think yeah I don't know I've said this many times on here you just go get so wrapped up in trying to kill something rather than just enjoy the hunt and, and, you know, you stress over stuff a little bit. So that's, that's good. Now, have you guys just hunted Georgia? Has that been your only state or have you guys ventured out and maybe hunted some other locations?
2: Okay. Here's <laughs> the, the next biggest story. No, I went, I, I hunt Missouri every year and uh, she had never been with me. So I had told her, I said, Uh, that after she had that great year I said next year you have to go to Missouri with me the the deer up there are huge the rut is crazy you know you get to experience things up there that you don't get to experience in Georgia you need to come with me so she was she agreed and and wanted to go so we went up there um the first year and it was oh goodness it was crazy (laughs) I drove up and I had hunted, and I first morning, uh, first hour, I killed a monster, a, a huge buck, and uh, she was gonna fly up <clears throat> later that week. Yeah, at the end of that week, and she was gonna gun hunt because I hunted the the last week of the bow season, which is right around rut up in uh, Missouri. Mm-hmm. We're just north of Kansas City,
1: but I really wanted to go for the whole hunt, but at this point I hadn't left my corporate job yet. So I was in management and I, I could only have so much time away. So I had to choose where I was going to be. And I decided to fly up towards the end. That way I could drive back down with him on his way back. Okay. And uh, it was actually kind of funny too. It was almost like the universe was trying to keep me from Missouri because on the way I had gotten a really late flight and I had booked it a few months out, um, and got there and the airlines had given my ticket away. They gave my seat away. I don't know how that's even legal, but I had had dinner and stuff at the airport after work and was just trying to get everything together and then get to the terminal. And they were like, Oh, we gave your seat away. Sorry. And last minute, I called Lauren and I was so frustrated, you know, and Atlanta traffic, if you've ever been down here, that enough is, it can drive you crazy, so I had dealt with all that after a long day and just wanted to get up there and be a part of the hunt, and uh, he was like, it's okay, I said, I'm just gonna go home, it's just not worth it, again, my thing is, it has to be enjoyable, if it's not, you know, I don't want it, I don't want it to be stressful, so, said no i'll get you another flight we'll figure this out he got online with his, his friend up there and they found me a flight within like 30 minutes of when my other one was supposed to be i got on that one ended up getting there like 2 a.m or something ridiculous and then you take it back from there
2: yeah that so i we um we hunt north of kansas city up there and i had left the hunting property and. In- came down to pick her up and got into Kansas city. My buddy, he's got a a house up there and he, he lives there. I had sit at his house waiting on her and she calls me and she's telling me what's going on. I'm like, what? How in the world can this happen? We we were supposed to hunt the next morning. And of course, all of that happened. I finally got her another flight. She got on and got there like two in the morning. We didn't get the hunt the next morning. So it was just so frustrating. We finally get up to the hunting camp and we go out and we hunted that, that day and the next day. We didn't see anything. And I had been seeing deer all week long. I killed mine the, the first day I was there, the first hour. Well then I had all week long that in Missouri you can kill two deer, but your first deer um, can, can be during the boat season before the gun hunt but you can't kill your second deer until after gun season opens opening day of gun season Hmm. so i couldn't kill another deer i was up there all week just scouting for her and i'm seeing big bucks everywhere well we get there and they just turned off (laughs) there was no deer we didn't see anything and that was the one day i and i know better i've learn this through my past experiences always have your rifle with you <laughs> so we go back to the truck and i said hey let's let's grab some lunch we'll we'll eat our sandwiches right here in the truck and then we'll go back and we're gonna move our stance to a different location <clears throat> i had seen some good bucks here let's go and and change it she's like okay fine Well, I'm sitting in the truck and I'm thinking, gosh, we should have just stayed in the stand and ate lunch in the stand. I don't know what we're doing. And I started getting, you know, antsy and frustrated. And again, she has to calm me down because I'm thinking (laughs) I need need to get her to kill something. And I'm still in that frame of mind. And I'm thinking, God, I got to get you on something. You've come all this way. Didn't want her to be frustrated meanwhile so,
1: i I'll, I'll tell you usually I'm like, "Oh, look at this cool little mushroom over here, and look at, that, <laughs> look at that you know and I'm just enjoying the the ride, so to speak, and he's like oh we gotta we gotta make sure we got this and it gets so frustrated, and I do I have to keep him calm like it's okay
2: so we we get our stands, put them on our backs, and i i I laid the the rifle in the truck, and we went to to change our stand setup. We're standing there, we had a a climber each, and the way I do when I hunt with her or when I hunted with my daughter, I would put their climber on, and then I would put the top of my climber in between the top and bottom of of theirs, and then I would put the bottom of my climber at the bottom, and Mm -hmm. we would climb Mm -hmm. uh, in unison together and still be able to sit in the same tree right beside each other. Mm So we're sitting there i'm trying to get the the stand on and she said lauren lauren look (laughs) i looked up and there is the biggest eight pointer standing probably 20 yards right in front of us and the rifle is in the truck (laughs)
0: oh no
2: oh my god and he stood there he just stood there and looked at us he stood there for I don't know, it was like 20 seconds, oh, yeah. 30 seconds, just looking at us. And I was, I was like, oh, I can't believe this. Well, then he runs off. I get excited, of course, beating myself up for one. But then I'm like, okay, they're moving again. It was the worst trip ever. <laughs> We're starting to climb, get about halfway up. We dropped something out of the tree. We stand. dropped our hand warmers, oh. and it was so cold. So I had to climb back down, and when I climbed down, she had to climb down because we were um, locked on the tree together. So it just turned out to be (laughs) terrible for me, but she was laughing and just enjoying every minute of it. And wound up, she didn't really kill anything that year. But then... uh, I
1: actually didn't even get a shot at anything that year. Um, I think we saw a couple more deer, but they weren't ever really within range when I did have my gun. And then it just didn't work out, but it was such a good trip. It was, it was really fun. And then last year.
2: Yeah. And then we went this past year, I took her back up there and I said, okay, we're going to do things a little bit different here. <laughs> you're going to sit by yourself and I'm going to, I'm going to hunt alone because I am so worried about her comfort and her seeing things. I'm just totally involved in her. So I'm like, I'm going to set stands up. You're going to hunt by yourself. I'm going to hunt by myself, and we're going to see if that helps me. (laughs) So we did, and it was so cold. It snowed on us. It was 17 degrees that one morning. It was crazy. The wind was
1: super, super strong. So the wind chill, uh, I think every single day we were there,
2: put it below zero with the wind chill. Oh, man. Well, since it got so cold, I told her, I said, well, I've got a ground blind. We're going to set the ground blind up at the edge of this field right here. There's a good trail that comes through the field. And she sat there one time. Yeah, sat there once. And she said, you know what? I really like a tree stand. I know it's warmer in the ground blind, but I don't want to sit in the ground blind. So I I told her, okay, we tried to get uh, another stand set up on the trail coming into that field. And we got her in, set up. And sure enough, there were bucks chasing does coming through there. And she was sitting, watching them in the field right next to the blind.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I but I, I, I couldn't. It, it was so cool to see. But there's just something about a stand. I love it. Uh, I'm the exact morning. same way. I a Blind, I feel like it just restricts you so much and i want to be able to see as much as possible and i just i love the stand so i was kind of kicking myself but laughing at the same time because it was like i'd still rather be sitting in the stand watching what's going on in the field even though i don't have a shot
0: absolutely i i completely agree i think a stand there's just something about being out in the open a little bit being up in a tree and uh blinds they have their place. a lot of guys like them but i feel the same way i feel claustrophobic inside one sometimes <laughs>
2: <clears throat> well, she uh she saw those. Well, she texted me on my phone and, and told me what was going on. And we were bow hunting, and the the gun opener was coming up that weekend. So I told her I said, okay, you know, we're gonna change things up. We'll we'll wait till gun season, and we're gonna get you in there and get them. It got colder, mm-hmm. <laughs> and it it was so cold that we we had our our um our head mats on. It. When you would breathe, the, your breath would freeze your eyelashes together, would freeze in my beard, you know. And <laughs> it, ice was sticking her eyelashes together as we were in the woods, you know. And she was just like, this this is crazy. This so-called, and I was too. We were freezing. I, I said, all right. I said, in Missouri, you know, they have the strips of, of timber in between the fields. And the fields are just massive. And I told her, I said, we're going to wait. Um, till this evening and uh, no, we're going to wait till in the morning and we're going to do spot and stalk. We're going to slip through these little fingers and, and get to moving to help us stay warm. So the next morning we got out early. Uh, It was a beautiful morning. The wind had uh, died down, but it was constant. So we were able to get it in our face and and be able to stay to where the deer couldn't smell us. Well, so we start, uh, walking up through the edge of uh, the field there. We topped the the top of the hill there, and she was like, I see a deer. So we stopped, and I get the binoculars, and I'm looking, and I see one, it's probably 300 yards out. And I said, oh, yeah, I see it. And I'm standing there looking at binoculars. She's standing beside me with her rifle, but she don't have binoculars. And she says, what do you want me to do? And I said, well, that's a long ways. And she's like, what? I'm like, yeah. I said, hold on a second. And I keep looking. I'm like, no, that's a decent buck. You know, if you want to take it, you can. And she's like, yes, I want to. And I was like, well, uh, you know, can you make the shot? And she said, yes, I can make the shot. And she had a shooting stick with her. And I'm like, okay, well, oh, fine. Take the shot. She was so excited about it. And I'm like, I don't know that you can make this <laughs> shot. That's what I was thinking. I didn't say that. <laughs> But I'm like, this is a long shot. It would be hard for me to make. I don't I don't think you can make it's what I was thinking. So she's like, okay, yeah, yeah. She gets up, gets her gun on the shooting stick. I pull the monoculars down. And when I did, there was a massive 10-pointer <laughs> laying at the edge of the field facing us. The sun was in his face. The wind was blowing in our face. And he was like 40 yards away from us. <laughs> I was looking at the deer that was like 300 yards away and the deer that was like 40 yards away. But when I was in my, looking through the binoculars, I was focused on the other deer. I never saw the one right in front of us. Oh, when wow. I put the binoculars down, I was like, oh my goodness. I was like, yes, shoot it. <laughs> and he's in and shot that deer. And oh, that is. It was unbelievable, man. <laughs> I about fainted. <laughs> I got so excited. I swear I thought I was gonna pass out.
0: That's awesome. So yeah. it was a big, big ten point then.
2: Oh huge. I don't we didn't have it scored. I need to. I need to have it scored. The antlers come up way past his ears and come around and almost touched in the middle. Mm. It was the the points. On the main beam had come together. You couldn't even get your hand in between them. It's just amazing deer. And the one I was looking at was uh, a decent, probably 130-inch eight-pointer, you know? Mm. <laughs> it, That's I, funny. Was, oh so, goodness.
0: Rachel, let me ask you, you know, this, this being a deer, you've, you've killed a few deer up to this point. Are you super nervous or is it just kind of something you just kind of settle in and you, you worry like the adrenaline hits you afterwards? How do you feel whenever you see this this buck?
1: I definitely get a rush of adrenaline. I have to constantly, you know, talk myself, uh, train myself to to stay calm, especially my breathing um, when I'm bow hunting because, you know, you start breathing heavy and you're loud. And I definitely have to control that. But I think the thing that keeps me steady more than anything is I am so nervous of taking a bad shot. I... <laughs> do not want to take a bad shot and, and wound an animal and it and know that that could have been avoided just by me being better prepared and, you know, mentally stable to, to take a good shot. So I think more than anything, that's always my number one focus. And actually, every time I step on the woods, I say, uh, Lord, guide my feet and my arrows. And that applies to the bullets too, obviously. But I want him to guide my feet where I need to go and guide my arrows where they need to go because I don't ever want to take a bad shot. Mm. So that is my number one focus. And it's like, okay, make sure you're aiming correctly. If you don't feel comfortable with it, don't take the shot. Um, I would rather miss an amazing animal and not take a shot on it and let somebody else get it later than take a bad shot and wound it
0: that's very honorable and I think that's a really cool prayer maybe maybe that's where the success is coming from uh year after year is that prayer right there you know god guiding our steps and and the arrows that that we shoot so that's that's awesome well that is i really appreciate you guys coming on the podcast and sharing those stories rachel it sounds like you're having fun and that's the main thing
1: absolutely i love it it's i i it's hard to imagine my life without it now because it's such a big part of my life and uh i just i love it so much it's a it's a true sport and I feel very honored to be able to be a part of it.
2: Yeah. She loves it so much that there's been some mornings that I've had to work and couldn't go. I wake up and look <laughs> and she's gone. <laughs> <laughs> you, know, I, you know, I'm like, where are you at? I send her a text. Like, where are you at? And she sends me a selfie of her sitting in the deer stand. I'm like, what are you doing? She said, well, you know, you couldn't go. I'm like, well, you don't leave me. <laughs> <laughs> But, you've, yeah.
0: Lauren, you've created a monster. She, you know. Oh, no, a, that's
2: yeah.
0: that's, no, that's awesome. Uh, now, have you guys had any luck this year yet? Have you been able to get out yet?
2: We've been out a couple of times. We went after Bear uh, opening weekend. It was so hot, and we got up there, and it rained on us. Um, it, it came uh, a lightning storm. <laughs> it was We had to hike out in the rain, in the lightning storm, like three miles we had packed in. So that was a, a bad weekend, and then we went one time down to Sparta this year, and like I said, it was just so hot that deer wouldn't move, and we've really not had any luck yet, but uh, we definitely planning on being in the woods this weekend.
0: Absolutely. Cold front coming across the nation. So I, I so, wish you guys very good luck. Thank you, Lauren, and thank you, Rachel, for coming on. And sharing those stories. I think people are really going to (laughs) enjoy listening to those. And if you guys did not hear Lauren's elk story, uh, even if you aren't an elk hunter, it is a great story. He does a great job. That is episode number 32 if you want to go back and listen to that. But, guys, thanks so much for coming on. I really enjoyed uh, talking to you and hearing your stories today. Yes,
1: Yes, sir. sir.
2: Thank you. Thank you, sir.
0: That was a lot of fun. I enjoyed talking to them, and uh, they are a fun couple with some great stories, and I just love how passionate they are about hunting, and especially with Rachel not growing up with that, it's just fun to see. And, you know, if you're like me, my my wife is not into hunting. Uh, She has no problem with me going um, most of the time, (laughs) depends on how often and frequent I go. Of course, going to Colorado for two weeks does, you know, make that a little bit of a challenge, but she's been really cool about hunting and my passion for hunting, especially we had a good conversation the other day about this where the challenging thing is I wasn't that big of a bow hunter. I didn't start compound bow hunting until we got married and I just kind of picked that up as a hobby. And so she said, you know, when we were dating, it just wasn't that big of a thing. And so it's just escalated to being one of my big passions now. But, what i try to do is just talk her through what my mindset is i try to let her know what my plans are with hunting and and she has no desire to go out i think she said she might be okay turkey hunting so i've tried to get her into that but with with two young kids and things like that it's just not it's just not feasible for us both to hunt right now and i don't think she's too tore up about that um, what I loved about Lauren and Rachel was just their desire, though, to, to spend time together. And, and if you are in a relationship or if you're married, you know that there is sacrifice involved. We've talked about that before on this, this episode or on this podcast about just, you know, you got to prioritize. And uh, there's a verse in Ephesians. If you've ever been to a wedding, a Christian wedding, usually 1 Corinthians 13, you know, love is patient, love is kind, love, blah, blah, blah. And it's, it's a great, great verse. Um, but if the other verse that gets used sometimes, but not nearly as popular anymore, is Ephesians 5. And I'm going to read it to you, just want you to listen for a second, and I think we'll understand pretty quickly why it's not as popular in today's culture. It says, "...Wives, submit to your own husbands as to the Lord. For the husband is the head of the wife, even as Christ is head of the church, his body and himself its Savior. Now, as the church submits to Christ, so also wives should submit in everything to their husbands." Um, it, it, that verse today in today's culture is uh, kind of taboo um, the whole idea of a wife submitting to her husband just sounds so repressive it sounds so like we're not equal and there's verses that even say in the Bible that we are equal so how does that work? well the reality is submission is not a bad word um, in our minds today it is but to submit to me means to show respect um, to show honor, to care for um if you put put it in that that terms um but if you keep reading listen to this says verse 25 of Ephesians 5 says husbands love your wives as Christ loved the church and gave himself up for her um and it goes on to talk about what Jesus did for the church like Jesus gives up his entire life his entire life is for the church and he dies for the church and and that's not just a building, by the way. That's a people that he is dying for. And that's that's how a husband is supposed to love his wife. So I see these two things balancing each other out a little bit. It's it's love and respect. Husbands aren't to just be like have their thumbs down on their wives, and they are supposed to be little homemakers and do nothing else. I, that's not how my relationship works. My wife and I have equal say in what goes on. But she respects me. She respects me as I try and lead our family into uh, we do Bible reading and we pray with our kids and, um, you know, she, she doesn't always agree with me and I'll listen to that, but she does show me respect. And in return, I, I try and earn that respect by just loving her as much as I possibly can. Now this might be a little bit mushing for you. And you wonder how does this tie into hunting? It just, it all, it all runs together for me. I, I really have to think about throughout the season, you know, what, she wants <laughs> she's cool with me, hunting, but I think that comes to a point where you know I'm leaving her at home with two young kids, and um you know. It- and I so I try and balance how much I'm going. I try and for just us. This is what I do. I try and put my 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 hunts that I know. I look at cold fronts. I look at the DeerCast app, and I mark my hunts on our. We have a shared calendar on our iPhones, and I tell her when I'm going. Um, every once in a while, I'll throw a random one out at her. I got a free night. The kids are taking a nap. That was Monday, and and she's cool with that. But we just I just try to show her that, and and not just hunting, but through everything. So if you're a married person, or if you're thinking about getting married, so often our problem is is we're so me-centered, um, so selfish. And, and I tell you what, a quick way from what I've seen to ruin a marriage um, is, is to become self-centered. My wife doesn't do this. My wife doesn't do that. She won't let me do this. and And maybe if you start by trying to, just show her a little extra, you know, maybe there will be a return. And even if there isn't, the Bible tells us still keep doing it. Um, you know, keep showing that love, keep showing that respect. So there's a little uh, marriage advice for you uh, from a guy that's only been married 10 years. So that's not a lot, but uh, take it for what it's worth. So anyway, guys, thanks so much for listening. Great uh, to have Lauren and Rachel on again. Uh, excited for next week's episode, and I hope that you'll come back for that. And remember to shed the light.